Good morning, good morning. Won't you share with a friend or two? Good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning to you and many more. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Daring Dialogues. I am your host today, Shante Charles. I hope that you're having a great and wonderful Monday. Today is Monday Motivation on my side of the world and in my world. And uh, one of the things that helps me to keep a motivated Monday is not checking my social media in the morning. (laughs) Because as soon as I do, I see something that gives me anxiety. I see something that makes me say, what in the world is going on? I see something um, that, you know, in terms of media, media, if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead. And so we have to remember that um, as we are dealing with the consumption of media, that the majority of the time, I would probably say about 90% of media is going to be something terrible, horrible, and horrific. And then about 10% is going to be something feel good, inspiring, etc. But media really weighs really, really on the heavy side unless you are um, partaking in something like my page, Black Table Talk, or some other pages that um, focus on the positive that's happening in our society, a lot of these pages, a lot of these news outlets are primarily driven by the negative. They're primarily driven by the violent. They're primarily driven by things that will depress you. Um, And so if you know, right, that you tend to deal with depression or you're in a a season of feeling as though, you know, nothing's going right in your world. If you are dealing with grief, especially over the loss of a loved one, then you definitely want to cut down on the amount of media news that you are partaking in because it is not good for the mental health. It just is not. Um, And so that's one thing that I noticed, like, Five minutes ago, I finally checked what was going on with social media and the news. And yeah, what I saw immediately just dropped my my emotions down. And I was like, okay, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Mm-mm, I can't go down that rabbit hole. So I'm choosing not to go down that rabbit hole. However, I will say this. Number one, there is still a genocide going on. That is not something that is far removed from my mind. Um, I am well aware. And I hope that you 
will continue to be well aware of what is happening and what is occurring. There is more than one genocide going on. And it's not just the conflict that is happening in the so-called Middle East. Um, it's some other conflicts happening in Sudan. It's a conflict happening in the Congo. There's a couple of different places that some that genocide is occurring. So I do want us as human beings to, to remain conscious. Um, I think part of what's happening right now in the world is there's this underpinning of bogging you down with so much violence happening and, and sort of numbing you to the violence that's going on. None of us need to be numbed to the horrific things that are happening in the world. We don't. We need to continue to call for our representatives to carry out their process in our government that's necessary for ceasefires. We as individuals, we do not have all the answers. Even our government doesn't have all the answers, but our government also plays parts in some of these conflicts that are happening around the world. And so whatever responsibility our government plays in it, we as citizens have a right to say, listen, whatever part our government is playing in either funding genocides, helping certain sides get weapons and all of that, giving our taxpayer dollars over to genocidal nations and practices, whatever part our, our government is playing in that, we need to not be playing a part in that. So that's like level one, basic, why is our funding going to funding genocides? Why are our tax dollars funding genocides? You have the right as a constituent to ask that question and to demand an answer. Because the government is supposed to be for the people, by the people, funded by us. So no, you don't just get to take our tax dollars and we're just supposed to let you disseminate them all over the world without question or without accountability. That's not how government works, right? We have a responsibility to our government to pay taxes. Our government has a responsibility to us to give an account for where our tax money is going. That's how that works. It's not we give our money and then don't ask questions. We're going to do what we want to do with your money. No, that's not how that works. So you can contact your representatives. You can put pressure on your representatives um, to actually use their power in Congress, in Senate, in the House of Representatives um, to use their power in a way that is going to minimize the loss of life. Now, are there going to be nations in conflicts? I mean, as long as the world has been in existence, yes, there are nations in conflict. But do we have to be always in the middle of the pudding? Do we have to fund certain things? Do we have to provide weapons as a country for certain things? No, we do not. Okay. And so just keep that in mind. Um, definitely praying for the children that are involved, for the innocents that are involved um, in everything that is happening and going down. So I did want to say that. Um, 
And I want to go back to yesterday on our Life Nation page. I ministered a word yesterday about gratitude and how gratitude provides insight for our life. And I'm going to go back to some of the uh, ending things that God gave me to share because I believe that it's something that you all can benefit from today to reiterate. <clears throat> One of them was we were looking at the life of Joseph. And if you know anything about the life of Joseph in the Bible, how he um how he was mistreated by his brothers, how he was sold into slavery, and from that process, how he um was then put into prison for a false accusation and then after that he was pulled out of prison he uses his skill he uses his gift he uses his talents to um interpret a dream for pharaoh the leader at the time and because of that use of his gift and talent in interpreting the dream pharaoh recognizes not only is you know he a gifted interpreter but he's also got wisdom, he's got experience, he's got skill in the very things that we're going to need in order to preserve our nation. So he promotes Joseph um, to second in power. And what I was learning from that or what I got from that is that even though Joseph was enduring all of these different things, even though he was, you know, basically left for dead, by his brothers. He was disconnected from his father for 20 years of his um of his life. He eventually gets, you know, that reconnection, that reunion back with his father. But even in all of the things that he was enduring, the false accusations, being sold into slavery, um, you know, winding up in prison, all of those different things for 13 years he goes through this process where it seems like his life is just getting lower and lower and lower and uh, as the book title says it was just a series of unfortunate events but even in all of that God was with him Joseph never forgot that God was with him that God was on his side and at the end of all of that when he is sharing with his brothers after his father has passed he says something that a lot of people quote, and that is, you meant it for my evil, but God meant it for my good. God was sending me ahead to preserve the life of other people. And one of the things that we talked about on yesterday was how his attitude, his choosing not to be bitter, his choosing not to be resentful, um, his willingness to start over and start anew with his brothers. Um, granted, he vetted them, right? But his uh, his desire and his ability to, to be able to start over, to be able to w desire reconciliation, all of that came out of a place of gratitude. And it came out of a place of having insight. And one of the things that we talked about on yesterday is that our gratitude and our thankfulness 
and our attitude of gratitude with God and towards God, in spite of anything that we might be going through, our attitude of gratitude provides us insight. And because we have that insight, we learn how to treat people differently because we have an insight about ourselves. We have an insight about our purpose. We have an insight about our call. We've gotten very clear on what it is that we are sent here to do. And you might be at a place where you're still trying to figure that out. And that is okay. But even in all of that, one of the things that God told me in regards to a principle of Joseph's life, he said, if you look at Joseph, Joseph is not holding grudges. And he said this very specifically, and that's why I feel like I want to reiterate it today. He said, you cannot hold the blessings of gratitude and grudges at the same time. You cannot hold the blessings of gratitude and the grudges of hard circumstances at the same time. And then he said, grudges carry a burden that is heavy. The burden of bitterness, the burden of resentment, the burden of regret. You have to decide what you want to hold today. And I woke up this morning and this was still on my mind. That's why I'm sharing it again. Because he said, even more specifically, going into 2024, you are going to have to decide what you are going to hold on to. Are you going to hold gratitude or are you going to hold grudges? You have to decide what you want to hold. Gratitude or grudges, blessings or burdens. Gratitude or grudges, blessings or burdens. Well, we know what Jesus says about burdens, right? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Bitterness, regret, resentfulness are all heavy burdens to bear. I think of Martin Luther King where he said, I will not hate because hate is too great of a burden for me to bear. He understood something about the weightiness of carrying around negative emotions within yourself, negative emotions within your body that weigh you down, that keep you stuck, that keep you unable to move forward in life. And so my question that I pose to you today that the Holy Spirit also posed to me is what insight about your life, about your plight, about your trials, about your story, are you leaving on the table because you have left out gratitude? Well, somebody said, well, I'm just living day to day. I don't ne I don't necessarily know if, you know, I have to go around saying thank you all the time. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about genuine gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving a heart of thanksgiving. Yes, we can be thankful for our basic necessities, but it's how are you cultivating an attitude of gratitude? What do you think about yourself? What good things do you see within yourself? 
Are you thankful for your own self? Are you thankful for your own life? Or do you tend to hand out gratitude and pour out gratitude on other people, but you don't look at yourself in the same light, right? There are lots of people who are very good at showing gratitude to others. They will say how thankful they are for you. They will, you know, politely thank the server, right? They'll thank people for what they have done for them. But when it comes to thanking themselves, when it comes to recognizing the thanks that they should be imparting to themselves, they often bypass that. They do. When is the last time you have thanked yourself for completing an assignment? When is the last time you have thanked yourself for having courage? When is the last time you've shown gratitude to yourself for getting up another day and following through with the things that you know you're supposed to do? It is okay to show gratitude to oneself. And of course, gratitude to God. So think about that. What insight are you leaving off of the table? Because gratitude is, is not there. You're bypassing gratitude for yourself. Joseph was able to say, I don't have a reason to hold a grudge against you because I know what I'm here to do. I don't have a reason to resent you because I know that God sent me ahead of you all to preserve life. He even enshrines some of his insight in his children's names. He names one child Ephraim, which means that God has caused me to be fruitful through my suffering through my pain it's doubly fruitful i'm fruitful not just because of what i went through but i'm fruitful in spite of what i went through so every time he called his son's name he was reminded that his fruitfulness came through his suffering times he was still producing still bringing forth good fruit his second son's name, Manasseh, means that God caused me to forget my pain and my suffering. So both of those names lets us know that Joseph understood I'm going through pain. I'm going through suffering, but I'm producing. I'm creating something in the world that's important. I'm preserving people's lives. I'm preserving a nation. And not only am I preserving Egypt, but he was preserving the known world at the time and he was preserving his family. That second name says that God has blessed me so good in this time that it has caused me to forget the pain of my affliction. I'm left with the fruit of my suffering and not the pain of my suffering. Somebody asked me one time, they said, you know, how do you know when you have truly forgiven someone? 
I said for me, it's being able to recall that person's name. It's be able it's being able to have that person come to mind. It's being able to know what that person did and no longer feel the pain of it. Doesn't change what they did. It doesn't mean I have amnesia. It's just that my heart doesn't hurt every time I think about that person's name. I'm not physically I'm not feel, physically feeling the pain in my body over what they did to me. And if I'm still feeling the pain, that for me is an indication that I still have some healing to do around that issue or, or with that person. Now, does that mean that I have to call this person up and say, hey, you know, I'm still heartbroken. I'm still, you know, grieving what happened. No, sometimes that work is something that you just need to do internally and with your therapist. All right, a couple more things here and then I will open it up for us to uh, share today. Gratitude, these are three things that the Holy Spirit gave me on yesterday. Gratitude will give you insight. Gratitude will give you clarity. And gratitude will help you to get clear on your purpose. Cultivating gratitude with God allows for God to open up some more insight to you in your journey and in your walk. Well, somebody might say, well, I don't believe in God and that's okay. He still believes in you. Isn't that the beautiful part? There was a time when I didn't fool with God either. <laughs> Oh, but because his love is eternal and because all souls are his, he's not, he didn't ever stop fooling around with me. And that is the beauty of a divine creator, God of all souls maker of the heavens and the earth, creator of the universe in which we reside. As I get ready to turn this time over, I want to end with a quick reading from Black Pearls today. Daily meditations, affirmations, and inspirations for African Americans. And today's topic is fulfillment. How very apropos. This statement is coming from Ozzie Davis from Pearly Victorious. He says, I find in being black a thing of beauty, a joy, a strength, a secret cup of gladness. These, there are times we sing our blues and we know that society in general often sees us as handicapped. Yes, we have known suffering. Yet, despite our suffering, perhaps because of it, we have found in ourselves a wellspring of joy. Now, I have not read this. I just cracked it open to read it. So, thank you again, universe. <laughs> to be black is to be triumphant, to be strong, to be jubilant. We know love, beauty, exuberance, and poetry. Let's make it a habit to take stock of our heritage 
and let our specialness become our own secret cup of gladness. On this day, take five minutes to meditate upon something you have that reminds you of your African descent. It may be a piece of African cloth, a sculpture, a family photograph, a quote, or whatever it is, let it inspire you to do the best you can in whatever you have to accomplish. Perfect. All right. If you would like to join me for some conversation, uh, you can click on the camera. I would ask that if you are wanting to comment about the conflict that's happening, just be mindful of the words that you're using because we know that they are um, censoring people's pages. I've seen several major content creators, their pages are being censored and they are being put on 30-day silencing um, until the new year. So we do want to be mindful that um, social media, unfortunately, is not free press. And it's not freedom of speech because those kinds of things would not be happening. So just be mindful in in that aspect of what you're saying on here because we are trying to move around the algorithms. Okay? All right. If you are listening by Google and Spotify, I want to thank you for your time and attention. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues. And I have been your host, Shantae Charles. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. So continue to go out and be light. Take care, be well, and be light.